Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com. Hello, Mr. Mark. How have you been doing today? Excellent. Can you hear me okay? I am always good and I can hear you perfectly. So uh, welcome everybody to Street Smart Real Estate Investing Series with the Mr. Mark friends. We've been doing a lot of presentations on a regular basis and Thank you for sharing your experience and knowledge. And I'm so excited to even do personal notes on a regular basis about your presentations. My life has improved <laughs> because of you. And I have been doing a lot of, you know, whatever you suggested, suggestions on a regular basis. And everybody who will be uh, participating in this workshop please make as many notes as possible because it's worth it every moment, every second, right? So, uh, Mr. Mark, you are a master degree in psychology, right? I do. And you have helped quite a lot of people uh, think out of the box and you also at the same time real estate investor and successful real estate investor, right? Yeah, that's true. I have invested for quite a while now. Okay, perfect. So what kind of topic are you going to be covering now? It's it's about becoming a better salesperson uh, and, and how really sales is a part of life. You can't get away from it. So some people have this fear that, oh, no, if I have to sell that, I'm, I'm not going to be good at it. Or I don't want to do it. Well, I'm going to talk about today about how everyone already is a salesperson. You just need to become better at it. <laughs> so perfect. It's all yours, right? Let's do it. Fantastic. I'm going to turn my screen share on here. And you should see everything really quickly here. Do you see it? Yes, we can see it. Perfect. Okay. So uh, I want to, again, I'm going to, I'm going to argue today. I'm going to, I'm going to try to influence you on how you were already a salesperson. Um, what is a salesperson? Well, let's get into that. Okay. Sales is basically somebody who influences others. Now, if, if, if you consider that's what a salesperson is, then all of a sudden you can, you can understand that, wait a second, I'm already doing this really well and I'm good at it and I can improve it uh, in, or, in order to be good and, and reach my goals in certain areas. So 
let me talk about influence. Everyone, everyone is attempting to influence other people. You are attempting to influence other people today, yesterday, tomorrow, whatever it is. And I'm going to give you some examples here, okay? So I, I am willing to bet that if you have kids, you attempt to influence your kids to go to bed on time, to eat their broccoli or spinach, to, to make a good choice for university or, or lifelong profession, or maybe even what kind of partner they, they find or, or whatever it is, okay? We, we are constantly influencing our kids if we are attempting to influence our kids if, we're, if we do have them. What about other human beings in general, okay? Uh, I did, I'm, I, I, I brag about this. I'm, I'm so excited that I influenced a woman to marry me, a fantastic woman. And you know what? I did that in a number of different ways. I, I, pre, I presented in a certain way. I, I uh, took her on this really long date to China. Um, and and it, over time, I influenced her. Now, I wasn't trying to manipulate her. My goal wasn't try to sell her something like a like a I don't know the the idea that we have about it, like a used car salesperson or something like that. I wasn't forcing her to do anything, but I did subconsciously. I was trying to influence her of like, hey, listen, I'm I'm the guy you want to be with, right? And I'm glad that I did a good job of that. I wasn't very conscious of it at the time, but I'm glad I did a good job of that because now I'm with a with an amazing woman uh, every day. And we get to do life together. And every time you go on a date, every time you you are, you are, are talking to, to somebody that you are interested in having a long-term relationship with, you're influencing them. How many of you have influenced or attempted to influence your boss to give you a raise? Now, that might be through having a conversation with your boss and, and saying, hey, listen, uh, these, these are my qualities. This is what I'm adding to the company. I think I, I deserve a raise. Or it could be in another way. You could simply work really hard and maybe you never talk to your boss, but you're working really hard and hoping that that influences your boss for a raise or a position or, or whatever it is. Um, if you are an employer, you influence your employees, or you influence your colleagues, maybe, or your business partners to use your idea or, or, to, or to try something new, maybe to change, maybe to help motivate them. Uh, maybe you've influenced, you've tried to influence a police officer in the past not to give you a ticket when you were speeding. Uh, and I, I know different people try different methods with this. I, I, I've talked to women who, who blink their eyes and then try to, try to, uh, encourage the officer not to give them a ticket. I know guys that try to argue or, or influence the officer in different ways. Maybe you're, you've tried to influence somebody in another country to lower their price for a trinket that you want to take back with you, right? Maybe you've haggled over a price. Listen, all of these, all of these ideas that I'm talking about, they're all about influence. You try to influence other people every day. The question is not whether you want to influence others. The question is, how good are you at influencing others? Again, I'm not talking about manipulating others. Manipulation is not good sales. Influencing others is good sales. How do you get others to accept your ideas? Okay, so the question is, again, the question is, are you any good at it? Let's go to this, this next bit here. So basically, I've got, I've got five points that I want to make here, okay? And this is going to teach you how to become a far better influencer in real estate investing. Now, again, this can be a lot of different ways with real estate investing. It, 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 this can be um, influencing somebody to sell a home to you. This can be influencing somebody to a great tenant to rent from you. This can be finding great tenant buyers for your rent to owns. This can be finding a good business partner. So it's maybe a money partner that's going to invest 
their money with you uh, and then purchase properties, whether it's single family or multi-unit or commercial or whatever that is, uh, land deals. So you, you can use this ability to influence people, again, not manipulate, influence people to, to do what you want in real estate. And let's get into that, okay? So number one, the number one thing you need to keep in mind to become a better salesperson is only talk to qualified people. Number one is only talk to qualified people. Only talk to qualified buyers, only talk to qualified sellers, only talk to qualified tenants, only qu talk to qualified investors that are gonna invest their money with you. Here, here are some, some tips on how to do this, okay? So you, you need to talk the, to the decision maker. If somebody that you're talking to doesn't make the decisions, why are you talking to them? You are going to be wasting your time if you're not talking to the person who can make decisions. Always talk to the decision maker. So uh, if you're talking to, uh, I don't know, somebody who knows somebody else, you don't have to sell that person. You don't have to influence that person. What you need to do is get in contact with the person who's actually gonna be buying from you or selling to you or, or investing with you, okay? So make sure you're talking to the decision maker. Next, you've gotta ask yourself, is this person reasonable? I've had conversations with, with people where uh, I'm, I'm putting out ads to purchase people's homes with cash and somebody will call me up and say, yeah, I'm, I'm willing to sell my home. And I say, how much is your home worth? And they say, I believe my home is worth $600,000. And I know, because I know the area, that it's only worth $450,000. If that person, if that person believes their home is worth $600,000, i will ask them, why do you think it's worth that? And if, if their answer is that I like the home <laughs> or, or I bought it for $600,000 and even though the, the market is depressed, uh, I, I bought it for that much, so it's worth that much. Well, I'm, I realized very quickly, I'm not, I'm not talking to somebody who is, who is reasonable. So immediately I get off the phone with that person, okay? I, I tell them, you know what? I don't think this is gonna be a fit. I wish you the best of luck. And I get off the phone because wasting my time with somebody who is unreasonable is not gonna help me. Next, you need to ask yourself, is the person ready to make a decision quickly? If a person is not ready to make a decision quickly, for various reasons, okay, so let's, let's talk about different ways. If you're talking to a seller, uh, a, a person who you're trying to purchase a home from, if, if they are not motivated to sell the property, if, they, if it doesn't matter whether they sell it in a week or a decade, well, then you know what, they're not qualified. You're not, you're not going to be able to influence them in a quick way that, that reaches your goals and helps them, okay? They can wait forever. So for that person, you know what? Don't worry about them. Get off the phone, get off the email. Don't waste your time with that person. Not because that person is a horrible person, not because they are not worth your time, but because you're, you've got a job and you need to stay focused on that job, okay? I'll use another example. What about somebody who is investing money with you? Well, for that person, a qualified uh, investor is going to be somebody who has money to invest. If they don't have any money to invest right now, what are you doing talking with them? <laughs> that is a complete waste of your time because as, as you, you, can, you can influence them to purchase, but if they don't have any money to, to purchase a property for you or, or with you, then listen, that, that's not going to be a good business relationship. So only spend time who, with people who are decision makers and are ready they're ready to make a decision quickly, okay? They're an action taker who's ready. They've got done what they need to do to prepare. So that's number one, only talk to qualified buyers and sellers. Number two, ask great questions. 
The more I live, the longer I live, the more I interact with people, whether it's with my wife and my kids or my, my parents or with, with friends or with colleagues or with business partners or with uh, employees or whoever it is, what I've realized more and more is that if I get great at asking questions, the world is my oyster. If I have fantastic uh, questions to ask and I ask them in a unique way and they get people thinking well, then I, I, can, I can influence people in really magnificent ways, in, in such ways that get what them what they want and get me what I want. And here's what a great influencer does. A great influencer is somebody who gets what they want and makes other people's lives better. They get what they want and they make other people's lives better, okay? Uh, so much of the time, great questions. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit with my action steps, so I'm gonna come back to this, okay? Uh, but so much of the time, asking great questions is, is asking different questions than other people ask. I'll, I'll give you a really quick example. When's the last time you walked into a, a store? Uh, maybe like, I don't know, a clothing store or something, and somebody came to you and said, can I help you with anything? <laughs> well, listen, what do you say when somebody says, can I help you with anything? If you are like most people, you say, no, I'm just looking because that's the, that's what we've been programmed to say when somebody asks us that question. So if you were running a store, that would be the worst question you can ask somebody. Here's a better question. What are you looking at today? Are you looking at, are you looking at uh, shirts or jeans? When you ask that kind of question, you're assuming that they want to buy something today. You're assuming it and you're asking specifically what they want to buy. Because you know what? If you ask that kind of question or, or somebody asks you that kind of question, most of us will be honest and we'll say, yeah, I'm looking at a new shirt or I'm looking at a new jacket or I'm new, looking at a new hat or whatever it is. And, and so we'll be honest and we'll get more out of, of, um, out of people when we ask a better question. So, for example, I, well, and this, this is kind of a brain exercise right now. What could you ask a potential investor? So somebody who has money, who wants to invest in something, what is a question you can ask them that not everybody else asks them? If you ask them, um, hey, do you like investing? <laughs> or do you, do you wanna get more for your money? Well, listen, everyone asks people to get more for your money. So you're gonna to have to ask a different question, okay? And again, we'll ask, we'll, we'll talk about questions in a minute here. That's number two. So number one was only talk to qualified buyers, sellers, tenants, joint venture partners. Number two is ask great questions. Number three is you've got to listen to the answers. You've got to listen well to the answers. So here, here are a couple of really quick tips on how to listen better when somebody gives you an answer. Because when somebody gives you an answer, they're giving you information. Either they're saying they're interested or they're not interested. They're saying that, um, that, that there's an emotion tied to, to what they're doing, the choices that they're making. And the better that you listen and then follow it up with, again, better questions, you are going to get down to what they, what they fear and what motivates them. And once you understand what motivates somebody, then you either know you can help them or, you, or you're not able to help them. And now you know, if you can help them, how you can influence them a little bit. All right, so here's an example. If somebody says, it gives you an answer to something, summarize what they say and look for the deeper emotional reason for what they're doing. People are motivated primarily due to fear. So what you need to do is find out what is this person's fear about? 
and you need to ask more questions. Okay, so summarize what they say. So I'll give you a really quick example. Maybe you, you, you're talking with a potential investor and you say, what kind of investments have you made that terrified you, that didn't work out well? That's a question that somebody goes, oh, wait a second, that, that's different. And because it's a different question, they're gonna actually access your, their brain a little bit and give you an answer. Now, when they give you an answer, maybe they say, oh, well, I lost a bunch of money in the stock market. Well, now, now what you can do is you can, well, and, and you can ask for more, more information, okay? So maybe they say, I lost a lot of money in the stock market. And you say, well, um, like what, what, what was scary about that? What was scary about that? What was, what was hard about that? What was difficult about that? Sometimes if you say what was scary about that, people don't want to go there because people don't want to think about their fear, right? But you can ask what was hard about that. And they might say, well, the market was going up and down and I didn't know how to, I didn't know when to buy and when to sell. Now you've, you've got a great reason to talk to them about real estate investing, right? Because while the market does go up and down in real estate, long term, you know what it's going to do. And there are many ways to make real make money in real estate, even when the market's going down or when it's going up. Okay. It's not as static as most people treat the stock market. It's not simply one dimension to, to real estate. Okay. So once you know their fear that things are going up and down and they don't have control, now you know what they want is control. What they don't want, they don't want real estate. They don't want stocks. What they want is control. And so if that's what's gonna provide safety for them, now you've listened well, now you can ask them questions and, and influence them regarding control. You can say, well, listen, if you had an investment, here's a good question. If you had an investment where you could control things in it to make sure that you get the return that you want, over a long period of time, okay? Not over a month, not over a week, because no one can guarantee anything over that time, okay? But what if you could, what if you had enough control that you knew what was going on, you could decide when things happen, and no matter what the market does, you could make money in various ways. Does that sound like something that would be interesting to you? And now they go, well, of course they're gonna say yes, right? Because it's about control for that person. So again, listen well to the answers. Identify how people are motivated by fear. Identify what people want. Some people want control. Some people don't care about risk at all. Some people simply want a great return. Everyone's gonna be different. And the more you listen to them, again, with a seller, a motivated seller, find out what they need. And as you do that, you, you, will, you will get far more from this, okay? So number one, only talk to qualified buyers. Oh, number two, ask great questions. Number three, listen well to the answers. Let's go to number four. You need to believe in what you are offering others. This is a really important part of influence, a really important part of sales. If you don't believe that real estate investing is going to help them, or if you don't believe them buy, buying your property or selling their property to you or investing with you or whatever is a good thing for them, if you don't believe it's good for them, you are not gonna be as good a salesperson. You're not gonna be as good an influencer for them, okay? If you are simply influencing to help yourself and it doesn't help anyone else, you won't be successful very long. And actually, the real estate investing world is fairly small. A lot of people know each other. And when we hear that there's somebody who doesn't have any integrity or somebody that only hurts other people, you know what happens? we don't work with each other anymore. We don't work with them anymore. So if, if, if you want quick results and don't want long-term results with this business, 
then sure, cheat people, still do whatever. I don't I don't encourage that, but do do what you're gonna do, okay? Because um, I know you're gonna be out of business quick and I'll probably be able to purchase properties from you later on because you're gonna have to unload them. So what, what I really encourage you to do is find ways that you believe it will help others, okay? You need to ask yourself how this helps others. Ask yourself, what service or value am I bringing to others in this situation? You know what, if you ask yourself that and you're honest with yourself, what you will find is there, there are ways that this helps others. I'll give you a really quick example, okay? So, so an example that a lot of people talk about is, well, listen, if you're buying something, buying a property from somebody and it's under market value, so it's worth $400,000 and you're buying it for $350,000, you are hurting that person. And I would say, no, I'm not. It depends on the person. I have told people, you know what, for you, go find a real estate agent. That's what's gonna give you the best deal. I've, I've told people that. But I've also talked to people who need to sell in a week. They need a deal done in a week. And not only that, they need some help. So I'll give you an example. There's this old lady. And what she wanted, she, she had to move out quickly, okay? Um, but not only that, she was buying a condo, so she couldn't handle the, both mortgages for, for very long. And uh, when she was moving into the condo, she didn't have anyone in the city that, that she was living in to help her move. <laughs> that was her motivation. That was what she was scared of. So listen, I told, I told her very directly. I said, listen, I'm an investor. And in order to do a deal quickly, I need to make sure that it's worth my while. So listen, if you're, if you're willing to take this much money for your property, I am willing to help you in a bunch of different ways. And if, if it would help you, I am be happy, happy to, to, to rent a truck and to help you move all of your stuff. Would that help you? Yes. And I said, you know what? It might be difficult um, if, if, if something is damaged and I, I care about your stuff. So this is what I'm willing to do. If anything gets damaged in the move, I'm willing to replace it. Well, this woman was now over the moon happy with me. She didn't care so much about the money that she was winning or losing in the deal. What she cared about was, am I being taken care of? Because I asked good questions, because I listened well to the answers, and because I, I know that I can bring value to people and I was bringing value to her, we were able to get it done. So I was very open and honest with her. We got the deal done. I made money. I helped her. She was really happy at the end, okay? And she told a bunch of other people about me, okay? That, that's, that's good influencing. That's good influencing. So you need to believe in what you are offering others. You need to believe in the value and the service that you're bringing to others. That's number four. Number five, you need to push people. People do not typically make decisions unless they have to, generally speaking. So again, you need to connect people with their emotions and that will, that will nudge somebody, that will push somebody. Again, this isn't about manipulation. This isn't about forcing somebody to do something. If you have already asked great questions and they're a qualified person and you've listened well to the answers and you've realized that, wait a second, I can offer this, some, this person something that not only is gonna help them, they need this right now. If they don't do this, let's say they're in a foreclosure situation. If they don't do this, the bank is going to take away their home and they're going to pay $40,000, $60,000 in lawyer's fees to, to process it. That person is going to lose a ton. Now, if that person is hesitant to work with me, I'm going to push them a little bit. And that is for their benefit. It's not manipulating them to get only what I want. It is, it is, it is pushing them, nudging them, helping them along the way 
connecting with their emotions so that they realize the severity of the situation and they can make a decision that's best for them as well. Again, I'm very open to, 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 um, to talk about exactly what's in it for me with people. And I find that when I'm honest and, and open, people are willing to work with me. So we make decisions based on emotions, not logic. We make decisions based on emotions, not logic. If you question this, talk to any real estate agent, any real estate agent and ask them, do people buy a, a property based on logic or emotions? Ask them, do they come up with the price of the, the property that they own that they want to sell based on logic or emotions? And every real estate agent that's that's worth feathers will tell you, yes, my it, everyone make, makes their, their decisions based on emotions, okay? And this is true of you as well, that, and that's fine. But this is what you need to do, okay? So these are the five steps that we've talked about. Only talk to qualified buyers. Number two, ask great questions. Number three, you need to listen well to the answers. Number four, believe in what you were offering to others. And number five, push people by connecting with their emotions. This is what I mean by pushing people by connecting with their emotions. What you want to do is if they've talked about, so let's use the former example of, of the person who uh, might invest with you and they're all about control because they've lost money in the stock market and they're they're terrified of, of the of not having control of having some something happen outside of them and it influencing their their stock so that they, or their investment their money so that they 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 lost a bunch and they didn't have any control over it for that person if they start going well I'm not sure let me think about it this is what I would say this is what I would say to them you know what that's great that you you should be thinking about this this is an important decision now let's think about this together you talked about how important it is that that you have control over your money if you if you think about this and you talk about it with somebody who who loves stocks, are they going to try to influence you to buy stocks? And they go, yeah. You go, listen, you already know the answer to that. You already know that stocks don't work for you. So why would you hand your money over to somebody who's going to invest in stocks for you? Would it not be better to to have full control over your investment? Do you would you like to see how? We can give you control in this investment. So again, I'm, I'm taking somebody from, from saying no, who's saying, let me think about it, because you know, and I know. When we say, let me think about it, what does that mean? It means we're not convinced. We, we don't want what, you, what you're offering, right? So if, if we know that this is what this person needs and wants, then we can, we can bring them back and say, so let, let's, let's present how this would, would, would give control to you. Or in, in this real estate deal, what would convince you? What would help you feel safe that you have control over the investment? And maybe they say something simple. And when if they say something simple, this is what would help me, then again, you can say, okay, great. Let's let's set that up, okay? Let's set that up for you. Let's make sure that it's written into the unanimous shareholders agreement that we have or whatever it is that you have, the agreement that you have with them, okay? But again, bring them back and push them. Say, listen, you're talking to this other person that's selling mutual funds or whatever, is that really what you want? Do you want a, a manager that lives somewhere half across the world maybe that's being paid not because they do a good job for you but being paid simply to run the, run the funds? Do you want that person controlling your money? You don't have any control over what they purchase. You have any control over what they do. In this investment, you are going to, and I would bring it back over and over and over to control because that's the emotion that, that's, that's uh, motivating them, okay? All right, let's talk about a couple other things. These are kind of uh, bonus bonus tips here. What about rapport? 
most people that I talk to that, that get into sales say you have to build rapport. You have to build rapport. Now, that's true. Somebody has to trust you in order to work with you on some level. They have to trust you. If they don't believe that you have their interest in mind on some level, if they don't believe that you are trustworthy, they're not going to work with you. Having said that, so many people give give horrible information when it's saying build rapport with somebody, okay? Now, I've got to be careful here because there might be other people um, in the series or other series or, or whatever that, that uh, say, um, connect with the person by talking about baseball if they're interested in baseball. This is what I would say, okay? I would say you don't need to fake rapport. You don't need to fake it. You don't have to talk about baseball if you don't like it. You don't have to talk about baseball if you don't like it. Don't fake rapport. Don't see a picture on their on their wall and see that somebody has a bow tie and talk about how much you love bow ties if you don't if you don't love them. Don't fake it. This is what I would do. I would encourage you that if you are asking great questions, step number two. If you are listening well to the answers, step number three. If you are offering value to people, step number four. And if you're connecting them with their emotions and see what they need and helping them understand what they need, they are going to trust you. That's what I found. So listen, I'm weird. I'm different than a lot of people I work with. Having said that, because I think differently. Having said that, I don't connect with everyone and say, oh yeah, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that to build rapport. That's fake rapport. What I do is I listen well. And let me ask you this. When, when people around you listen well, do you not trust them more? <laughs> when I go to, when I go to a party or a gathering or, or or meet new people or I'm at networking or whatever it is, the people who I like the most are not the people who talk to me about things that I also like. The people who I like and trust the most are people who listened to me. <laughs> and this is true for you too. I will come away from a meeting, uh, maybe, or my wife and I will be out somewhere, and we'll come back and and I'll say. Man, I had this great conversation with this person and they were they were intelligent and wise and wonderful and they were they were so smart. And and my wife will look at me and say, "Do you realize, Mark, that they didn't say anything about themselves?" And I'll think about it and go, "Hey, wait a second, you're right. The reason I like them so much, the reason I trust them so much is because they listened to me. We like talking about ourselves. We're all we're all similar in in that way, okay? when we trust somebody. If you're asking great questions and you're listening well to the answers, people will trust you. That's how I want you to build rapport. Don't bake, build fake rapport. Build rapport by, by getting to the heart of it. If somebody wants to sell their home immediately, baseball is not what's going to help them. Selling their home quickly is what's going to help them in a way that, that they, can, they can get their money out and they can, they can trust somebody. That's what's offering the, the, the most important uh, aspect in, in this deal. Okay. Lastly, what about a sales pitch? So many people talk about have the have this routine, have the sales pitch, talk about the, the five most important points of real estate or whatever. This is what I would say. I would say if you go into a meeting and watch the best, watch the best salespeople, the best salespeople, the best influencers. So think about throughout history. Um, it's Winston Churchill or um, whoever it was. It, for, for If you look at history, who were the most important influencers? They weren't people who simply had the same thing that they talked to with everyone. They were somebody who influenced people by listening to them, asking great questions, listening to them, and then they offered that person the elements that fit them. So let's bring this back to real estate investing. 
if you're a real estate investor and you're talking to a potential investor with you, they want to give their money to you and they talk about fear all the time and fear of control. Well, listen, if, if they keep talking about control, if, if that's what their focus is, then what you need to do is show them the aspects of real estate that give them control. Don't talk about the aspects of real estate that offer them other stuff because that's not what they're interested in. You need to focus on what, what gives them control. Does this make sense? I hope this makes sense to you. And listen, if you've got questions, you can, you can connect with me, you can connect with Eric and, and different people. But you, you need to understand this, that having a sales pitch where you simply say, step one, step two, step three, do these things. That, that's, not, that's not what helps people. If you, and you're, you're going to be a poor salesperson because of it, if you ask them good questions, you listen to the answers and go, wait a second, the third thing that I, out of my three steps, the third thing is what really connects with this person. That's what I'm going to talk about. Well, then you know what? You are going to be far better at sales. So focus on what they want, not what you think is wonderful about real estate. Focus on what they want or what they're afraid of or what they're, what motivates them. Okay. Okay. Let's go to action steps. So I've got three basic action steps here okay open-ended questions but not always step number one so i'm I'm talking about questions i said i'd come back to questions right um and actually in in these three action steps i'm going to give you ideas on how to improve how you ask questions how you improve how you listen and and uh, improve how you spend time with people who you need to spend time with okay uh don't wasting stop wasting your time so you're, you're talking to more people that are that are willing to sell to you or or invest with you So number one, open-ended questions. I said open-ended questions, but not always. Initially, as you're getting to know this person, as you're getting to know their needs, you need to ask them open-ended questions. So I'm going to give you an example. Do you want to sell your home fast? That is a closed-ended question. What that means is it has a one-word answer, yes or no. When you ask questions that have a yes, no, blue, yellow, 16, whatever it is, when you ask people uh, a question that has a one word answer, you're asking them a question where you're controlling everything and you're not hearing what they need. So you're controlling the conversation and you're not hearing what they need, which is the secret of sales, right? The secret of influencing is listening to what other people need, what motivates them, not what motivates you. So when you ask an opening question, open any question, it can sound like that. This, what interests you about real estate? What fascinates you? What intrigues you about real estate? If you ask an investor that question, now they're going to give you gold. They're going to give you so so much information that, that helps you. How does this help? Well, listen, if they say that safety is what helps them or what that's what interests them, then that is what will lead to the emotion for them. It's about fear, safety. So you need to touch on those points with them. That's what that's what you're going to focus on in the conversation, right? If they say, I, I love how there's such a huge upside to real estate. Well, now you can ask, what about the upside do you like? What do you mean? Tell me more about the upside. Now, they're going to tell you what they think, what they understand, what they want. And again, this is not you controlling the conversation. I mean, you're still influencing the conversation, but you're allowing them to talk about what they need and want. Now, it might be status. Maybe what they really want is status. They, they think everyone that is, that is rich and famous has real estate. So I want real estate. I want five properties and that will mean I'm rich and famous or whatever. If that's what they believe and understand, that's fine. You can give that to them and, and help them have more money in the process, okay? Maybe what's uh, motivating the person you're talking to is getting out of debt. 
Well, if that's what's motivating them, that's what you focus on, right? So again, you're asking open-ended questions and you only find great answers when you ask great questions. They might want early retirement to spend more time with their grandkids. So if that's what motivates them, the only way you're gonna find that is not by asking, are you motivated by retiring early and spending time with your grandkids? That kind of question is not helpful. You're assuming they wanna retire. You're assuming that they want that they have grandkids. You're assuming that they like their grandkids and they wanna spend time with them. So listen, that, that, that's probably true for most people. It's not gonna be true for everyone. And you're gonna lose those people who it's not true for. So ask open-ended questions. Having said that, having said that, if, well, maybe I'll ask even a better question, okay? Um, or, or, or sorry, a worse question so that you understand the, the difference. If you ask, do you like that real estate offers more safety and has a huge upside? That, that's really pigeonholing someone and forcing them to say yes or no based on a very specific understanding of a question. That's a terrible question. Again, asking what interests you or uh, what about the upside do you like? Or what about safety? What makes real estate safe for you? All of a sudden, you are getting information from them, okay? Um, let, let, I'll talk really quickly about how you can start practice asking these types of questions. You can practice this with anyone. What I'd recommend is next time you're at a family gathering, next time you, you talk to somebody, you take somebody out for coffee, next time you, I mean, schedule a time with your, your partner, or your spouse, or, or a good friend, or your kid, or your parent, or whoever it is. Book some time with somebody and, and say, hey, listen, I'm practicing asking better questions. So every time I give you a one-word answer, or every time you can give a one-word answer to my question, I buy the next coffee or something, okay? Or um, I mean, play a game with it, have fun with it, okay? This is gonna be something that somebody else will value so much in your life. Even if it's a parent or a kid or a friend or your spouse or partner, if 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 you go to a partner and say, hey, listen, would you be willing to, to um, let me spend some time with you and I, I wanna get to know you better? I mean, most people are open for that, right? So practice asking these questions, make a game out of it, this is what you will find in two or three conversations. If you practice this and the other person holds you accountable and you have to pay for things, if you if you if you ask uh, certain questions that can be answered with one word, you will learn in two or three two or three conversations how to ask open end questions and you're going to get better at it all the time. And then what I would do is practice every time you have somebody at your house, every, every time your kids come home from school, every time, whatever, any any situation that you can think of when you're interacting with somebody else, ask open ended questions. If that's your focus, you will get good at this very, very quickly, okay? Uh, another simple change to a question is, instead of, do you know of anyone else who's selling their property? You can ask, who do you know that is selling their property? I'm gonna repeat these, because these, this is a very simple switch in a question that makes the answer completely different. If you ask somebody, go and try this. Ask somebody, do you know of anyone else who is selling their property? I'm willing to guarantee that over 80% of people will say no. And I'm, 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 I'm guessing it'll be close to 95%. 19 out of 20 people will say no. Do you know of anyone else who is selling their property? Because we're programmed to answer no when somebody asks us, do you know? And, when, and it, it, it looks like we now have to do the work for somebody else. So we say no. If you ask, this is the second question, who do you know that is selling their property? It is assuming that somebody does know somebody. And when you assume somebody does know somebody, they are gonna access their brain in a different way. They're gonna look for an answer. They're gonna go, wait a second, yeah, who do I know? 
oh, you know what, Larry and, and Bob and Jolene, well, they, they're selling their properties and now they're, they're, they're willing to give you an answer, more likely uh, willing to give you an answer than the first one, okay? You have a greater chance of success when you assume someone has an answer. People generally say no because we're trained to do it. I do this with my kids all the time. I do this with my kids all the time. I don't say, did you like school today? Did you like math? I say, I ask, what did you like about math? <laughs> I say, what did you like about school? I assume they like something. And then you know what? They automatically think about what they like. So again, there, there, there are times early on where you ask open-ended questions. But then I said, not always. Here's the second part to this. There are times to ask specific questions with specific answers. There are times to do that. Usually the time is after, after you've gotten to know what is, what is their fear? What is their motivation? Once you know those really well, now you can ask more specific questions. Now you can ask, what do you believe your property is worth right now? How did you arrive at that number? What kind of debt do you have outside your mortgage? Uh, what do you still owe for your, for your mortgage? Uh, when is your mortgage up for renewal? What is the square footage of your property? Most of those questions are, are not open-ended. Most of them are closed. They're asking for specific information. Notice that, that these questions are asking for specific information and they need to come after you've already learned what motivates these people. First, you ask the open-ended questions, then you move into the more specific questions once you know exactly what people want. And, and now people, again, now people trust you. You've been listening to them. You've been asking great questions. You've been uh, listening to their answers. They trust you and they're gonna give you more information, okay? Um, and then probably more honest information. So the first, first action step you can take, and I only want you to pick one of these right now. First action step is practice open, asking open-ended questions, okay? So get with family members, get with friends, whoever it is, ask open-ended questions, practice. Next, number two, I want you to summarize answers and practice going deeper in a conversation. So this is on the answer part, okay? If a potential seller asks, we're moving and need money for our property. And need more money from our property. Sometimes even more money than it's worth. Well, moving can be expensive, okay? So maybe maybe you say something like this to them. Hey, mo moving can be expensive, so that makes sense to me. What are the biggest reasons you're selling right now? So again, you're, you're, you're verifying, you've, 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 you've repeated back what they said. They said, we're moving and need more money. You've said, you've assumed something, move can be expensive, so that makes sense to me. Um, what, are the, what are the biggest reasons you're selling right now? You're still digging for more information. This allows, when, you're, when you summarize what somebody's saying, <clears throat> when you say, okay, so you're moving, you need more money for your property, even if you simply repeat what they've said to yourself, not like a robot, but if you repeat what they've said, you're building rapport. People go, oh, this person listened to me. It's not on their agenda right now, it's on my agenda. This allows them to hear you're listening. It sounds weird to us, but it's really helpful when you practice it. And again, practice this with the people around you. Go to your partner. Your partner's gonna be delighted with this. Are you kidding me? How many times does your, does your partner say, you're not listening, you don't listen, um, you, you didn't hear what I said? Go practice this with your partner or your kids or your parents or friends or whoever it is and, and say, or an employee or a colleague, whoever it is, and, and say, hey, hey, listen, I wanna practice becoming a better listener. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions, practice open-ended questions, and then, and, then, and then I'm going to listen to your answer. Let's see if I can really listen well. Most people are not going to be saying, no, that's not okay with me, okay? Then when you listen, repeat their answers back to themselves. Not word for word. Do it in, do it in a way where you start to guess at what the emotions are. Um, and as you start to guess what the emotions are, as you're summarizing, people will either, well, people will give you a really good answer. This is my experience. 
if you ask, if you if you take a guess at the at the fear behind that, if you say, yeah, moving can be a really expensive. Is is that really what's going on here? And somebody goes, yes, I'm so scared to move. Usually there's this really strong release of emotion, like yes, I'm so I'm so worried about this. And you know you've hit on the right answer. If you say that and someone goes, well, no, we're we're moving, but actually my company will pay for that. Um, then you know you haven't hit on the deeper answer. And you go, okay, well, maybe I really want to understand this. And ask another question. Summarize the answer. Guess at what's going on deeper. And it will help them go deeper. When you hit on the right thing, they're, they're going to be telling you that that's it. Okay, And you'll see in their body language, their body language changes. So number one, open ask open-ended questions initially, but not always. Later on, you can ask specific questions. And then secondly, summarize answers and go deeper. And practice these two action steps, whichever one you choose, practice with people around you. Third, and this is the final action step, is you need to come up with systems so you don't waste your time. And I repeat that. You need to come up with systems so you don't waste your time. Um, I was actually just helping somebody else with implementing some systems for rent to own tenant buyers. Okay, so they were doing lease option deals. And, and again, what I told them is you only work with qualified tenant buyers. So what I told them is, is have a system on your website. And I did this many years ago on your website. Have when, when somebody uh, clicks on a Kijiji ad or a, or a Craigslist ad or a Facebook ad or whatever it is, when somebody clicks on your ad, it takes them to a page where they fill out a quick questionnaire. When they fill out the quick questionnaire, you ask specific questions to find out whether they're willing to take action or not. So three questions that are great for a rent to own tent buyer, and this is what I told the, this client that I was working with, was ask somebody, number one, um, how much money they make every year. If they make $20,000 a year, do you think that they're qualified? Absolutely not. So I had a rule that they had to make over a certain amount of money. If they didn't have over that certain amount of money, then I would write them an email, a kind email saying, hey, you know what? I, I'm, we're really focused on helping people who will be successful in this. And from your answers, we don't believe you are. That's okay. No offense. But um, you, need, you need to make more money before you before you do this. Okay. And I had it automated. So this would this email would be sent out to people. Okay. Next question. Ask people if, if, you had the right property in front of you, would would you have enough money for the option payment? Or you can ask in a different way. You could say, how much money do you have for a down payment right now? Well, if somebody says, I don't have any money for a down payment, guess what? They don't have any savings. They're not in a place that can, that can purchase this property and be successful. And you want people to be successful. Again, you're offering a valued service to them, okay? So that's the second question. Maybe a third question is, if you found the right property, would you be, how soon, how soon could you move into the property? And if somebody might say, oh, yeah, I could move in right now, or I could, you know, it wouldn't be for the next year or two. Well, if it's not for the next year or two, again, they're not qualified to talk to you. That's fine. Now you're focusing on the people that have, that are making lots of money. They've got lots of savings and they're ready to move quickly. Those are the people you want to talk to and then you call them on the phone. Don't spend time calling people on the phone that, that aren't qualified in that way, okay? People sometimes worry that this will disqualify too many people. They might lose some people in the process. I, I'm here to tell you it won't. I mean, yeah, maybe every once in a while it will, but you know what? You're gonna save so much more time 
by not by not spending time with unqualified people that you're going to find far more qualified people. I'll give you an example, okay? So let's say you spend 2 hours a day. That's how much time you have to build this part of your business. And you call everyone on your list. And out of those people, you only talk to one qualified person. Well, how many deals are you going to get from that? Probably very few. It's going to take you weeks and weeks to find the right deal, the right person. Having said that, if you only talk to qualified buyers, what's going to happen? You are going to talk to, out of those two hours, maybe you will talk to six qualified buyers every single time. Now, how long is it going to take you to get to a deal? Maybe it's only going to take you a week. It's going to be very quick. And this is this is key to this process. If you have a process where very quickly you're identifying people and you're, and you're talking to them and you're talking to only qualified people, who cares if, if a few people slip through the cracks? If you're talking to six qualified buyers every single day, well, you're, you're going to get your business up and running. It's not going to be a problem, okay? Um, okay, what else do I want to say? Oh, really quickly, I also wanted to, to say that what about a potential seller? What if you? What about a system for a potential seller? Because rent to own is a pretty specific industry. Um, so if you're talking to a potential motivated seller, you can ask someone in a rental ad, "Are you interested in selling your property?" Um, so let's say you call the rental ad. You're talking to the person on the phone, and this is a way you can you can qualify them or disqualify them very quickly. Okay. So they answer the phone. You say, "Hey, I was calling about 34, 17, 65th Ave, or whatever. Um, I, I've seen that you you've been it's been up for rent for six months." And they say, yeah. And you say, well, are you interested in selling the property? Now, again, this is not an open-ended question, but this is a way to find out qualification. When you're finding qualification, closed-ended questions are okay. So you ask them, are you interested in selling your property? And they say, no. Well, that's fine. If they say yes, great. Now you can start asking them open-ended questions, okay? If they say no, you can say, do you have any other properties you're looking to sell? If they say no to that, you could say, oh, well, are you interested in purchasing properties? If you're, if you're not selling right now, are you interested in buying more properties? Because if they say yes to that, they might be your next investor. They might be your next money partner. And then and then if they say no to that, you can, you can follow it up with who do you know, not do you know somebody, who do you know that is interested in selling or purchasing property within the next three months? Who do you know that is interested in selling or purchasing a property within the next three months? An investor. If you ask those four questions, this is this is like a, a three-minute conversation with somebody. In three minutes, you've talked to a complete stranger and found out, first of all, they're qualified in some ways because they own some property, okay? But very quickly, you find out, are, are they property manager or the owner? Well, they're not the decision maker. You say, what's, what's, the, what's the owner's number, if you can get it? Um, but if you're talking to the the decision maker, you ask these four questions really quickly, and you find out whether they're whether there's someone you can do business with or not. If you have that call again, you can call in 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 half an hour. You can call many 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 ads, all the new ads, all the old ads that you're following up on from that have been laying there for two months. And very quickly, you'll find the the person. If there's one person in that group of of 10, 20 people, if there's one person that's willing to work with you, you'll find that person quickly through the system. So again, find systems so you don't waste your time. Now listen, this is, this is one of the hardest action steps. What you need to do for business is you need to figure out what are the systems that are gonna help me. So Mark talked about rent to own and, and potential motivated sellers, but that's, that's not the area that I'm working in. Maybe I, I'm working with investors or I'm working with whoever. That's fine. Ask yourself, what is the most important information I need to find out to make sure that this person is qualified or not? Find that information and find a system to implement that that doesn't waste your time. 
Then with the people who are qualified, that's where you spend your time. And that's a secret to sales. If you're spending time with people that aren't decision makers or aren't qualified, you are going to, it's very difficult to find the, the needle in the haystack. Okay. But if you're, if you're looking uh, in, in a, in a, I don't know, in Michael's <laughs> where that ha already has a bunch of needles, well, now you're already in the right place. You're more likely to find the needles, right? Spend your time with the people who are ready. Okay, Eric, that's all I've got. I'm going to hand it back over to you. Turn my screen share off here. <laughs> Perfect. Everything about the systems, right? Mm, absolutely. Have systems for everything. I have systems, have systems for my shower even. I have systems for my razor, my electric razor every, at the start of every month. That's when I recharge it. And then I never have to have it dead when I need it. I see. That's good to know. That's electric, yeah. right? I have a system for everything in life. If you're better at systems, <laughs> you're better at business. <laughs> okay. I have a system for making my coffee though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, because that's important to you. Good, you should. Uh, perfect. Honestly, it's, I got some notes about the, the talking with the potential investors and sellers. Definitely. Did you know? Do you know? Right. That's very you know important questions. Very and a hundred percent. You know, like I've been talking with a lot of people, and do you know? You know, like that kind of questions. I say no. Say no. Yeah. No. Who do you know? Now they'll think. They, they still might not know anybody, but now at least there's a chance that they'll think. They will, they will tell, no, I don't know anybody. Oh, maybe I'll have someone, right? Exactly. So who do you know? That's yeah. one of the very important negotiation skills. So, Mark, thank you very much for your enormous input for and help helped for any real estate investor or any person who will be, you know, selling themselves. I know one thing, right? You are in sales in every aspect of your life, as you mentioned at the beginning, right? Even talking with my lovely lady, right? Let's go hiking. Yes. Okay. So here's, here's what I love about this. When you get good at sales in business, you also become better at influencing your partner or your kids or whoever else. You can become good at this in other areas of life. I start thinking about my personal life experience, right? <laughs> if I want to go somewhere and my lovely lady wants to go somewhere else, I'll ask her differently. <laughs> oh, so this happens all the time with me and my wife. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask her a question. She says, no, I don't want to do that. And I say, why don't you want to do that? What, what about it is that what you don't want to do? And she goes, well, I don't want to travel that far. I go, oh, well, if travel is the problem, <laughs> is there somewhere close where you do it and that it, where we're both happy? And all the time, okay. all the time, we find solutions. Okay, perfect. So to wrap it up, uh, it's very, very simple. Thank you very much for participating on a regular basis. Whoever wants to be a part and watch your presentations, there is a different media, there's different sources, just follow up, get contact Mr. Mark on a regular basis, Google his name, go on Facebook, go to our Street Smart Real Estate Investing, to Canadian REI, and I, we promise you one thing, as long as you will be willing to work with Mr. Mark and myself, you will be helped. That's promise, right? Yes, that's guaranteed. That either, either I'll be able to help you or I'll find somebody to help you. Exactly. If you do not know the answer, we will find the answer for you. Exactly, exactly. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. 
No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com.